Coming to you on some serious tape delay via a podcast near you. From that hockey hotbed of San Jose, California, it's Dudes on Hockey. He is now accepting callers. He is calling me Dude. And now your hosts, Mike and Doug. Hey there, and welcome to the Dudes on Hockey podcast. I'm Mike. That's Doug. Dude, this is kind of a surprise podcast. We just went out to lunch, and we're saying goodbye, and... You said, well, where are you going, dude? And you, you beckoned me upstairs and you set up candles and a blanket and two podcast microphones, dude. And here we are. Here we are. Dude. You're, Recording again. You're winning me over. <laughs> <laughs> it works. I know. We had planned to uh, do a, a FaceTime or Skype podcast. It's always better in person. This evening, but of course it's better in person. And, you know, we're, we're mixing a little business and pleasure today. A little, a little lunch. Talked a little sharks, a little NHL. Yep. And here we are. Talking to uh, talking to all three of our listeners. That's right. So uh, we're stoked to be back on the air, and we're riding a high right now, dude. Sharks on a bit of a win streak, playing well with some good quality wins at home. Life is good. They've won four in a row, dude, including, uh, so that's Anaheim, Nashville, Toronto, and Buffalo, and uh, they've been playing well. They are now eight and five. This is a team that was uh, you know, one and three at one point, and uh, it looked like they had to fight and scratch to get back to 500, and they've just kind of blown right past that marker up to a pretty good, uh, pretty good position here in their division. I'm gonna go uh, move over to the uh, I'm gonna move over to the standings here, so we can see exactly where they sit, but. You know, let's start. I know that we've missed a couple of weeks, so we're probably not going to be able to talk about all the games. But certainly, the the big game, or maybe the biggest game of the last period, was the Toronto game. Sure, with with Patrick Marlowe coming back, and a very long and emotional ovation given by the fans. Uh, it was really fun to witness. You know, they they did it right. He was out on the ice by himself. Couple spotlights on him. The arena dark, and uh, the fans gave it up. They really did. As they should. Uh, Patrick Marlowe, 20 years with the organization, and you could say the face of San Jose Sharks hockey for the last 20 years. I don't think you could really dispute that. It'd be interesting to pull the fans and say, who's your favorite all-time Shark? Would they vote for Joe Thornton, or would they vote for Patrick Marlowe? I mean, it'd be interesting to see uh, which way the fans would go, but... Sharks are sitting in playoff position right now in third place, tied with the juggernaut Vancouver Canucks with 16 points. Actually, they're tied with Calgary as well. It's a three-way tie for the third seed. Uh, You look at the Pacific Division, dude, and you see how lights out the LA Kings have been playing. And uh, we talked about at lunch how uh, there's just no way that how the Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights our playing is sustainable. Like those two teams are right. going to come back down to earth. There's no question about it. Are the Kings a playoff team? Maybe they are. I don't know. Like, kind of in my mind thought they weren't. Mm-hmm. Is Vegas a playoff team? Absolutely not. Are the Sharks, based on their current performance, right now you have to say yes. But there's a <laughs> lot of hockey left to play. Dude. That's right. That's right. But they did put up some good wins, dude. I they mean, certainly have. They they beat after they beat Toronto. Against a you know a good Toronto team, Austin Matthews, very dangerous player. Toronto uh, has slid since I believe, but uh, they were I think near the top of their division when we played them. And 
certainly beating Nashville, who made the Stanley Cup final last year, uh, beating them pretty handily, and then beating the always-hated Ducks in the shootout on the backs of a Jonas Donskoy highlight reel shootout move, which uh, made not only the Sharks feed, but the NHL feed as well. You don't see... uh, I know we talked last week about how Logan Couture undressed Carey Price in the Montreal game. Jonas Donskoy definitely did some undressing in that shootout move. Oh, what a what a move. And, Nasty. And you don't usually see Pete DeBoer smile on the bench, but yeah. he couldn't even contain himself. And, he and smiled, dude. It was almost more fun to see the reaction on the bench than the goal because like all the players all started like shoving each other <laughs> on the bench. Like they're all so excited. Yeah. They all started shoving yeah. each other, which is really funny. Like Ryan Miller Joel did. Ward is shoving everyone. Yeah. He got pants. Yeah. He got pants in a big way. It was great. Uh, that was a good win. I mean, the Sharks right now on their homestand are three and oh, they've won games that they should win. Um, they've played some teams that are good teams on paper that aren't necessarily playing well right now. We go back to the standings for a second, dude. Uh, I, I'm not trying to put a, put a damper on things, but you know, I think it's funny that you look at the standings and you go, the Sharks two best wins right now are sorry. The Sharks best win is over New Jersey. Yeah. You know I mean? New Jersey is the best team points wise that the Sharks have played. So um, what am I? What point am I trying to make here? Not really trying to make much of a point other than to say, I think the biggest test is coming this week. Tampa. When we have to play Tampa Bay, who is you know, the best team in the NHL right now. 24 points. Uh, they have been incredible at home uh, and good on the road, but incredible at home. So how will Tampa Bay play uh, on a West Coast road trip against a good Sharks team that's playing well right now? That's a big test. And I think we'll we'll get a, a clearer notion of how the Sharks stack up against a team that I would consider to be one of the NHL's elite mm-hmm. on Wednesday night. That's right. And uh, I, I'm very much looking forward to going to that game. It's going to be... Uh... I, I know, you know, certainly last year we thought Tampa Bay was going to be much better than they were. This year they seem to be better than we thought. So we haven't been able to be super accurate in, in pegging the Tampa Bay Lightning right now. But as you said, they are firing on all cylinders. They have a plus 17 goal differential. They are they are beating people. Who has Tampa Bay? Me? You? Let me look. Uh, you have Tampa Bay, yeah! of course. Of course you do. Ah, yes. You have, um, name all the good teams. You have them. <laughs> Um, but the wins they've gotten, I mean, beating Toronto, I, I was concerned about that game. I was concerned, even though Toronto hasn't been playing well for the last two weeks, they possess what the Sharks have trouble with, which is speed mm-hmm. and lots of it. And when you get into a, a track meet against a team like Toronto, that's where the Sharks seem to stumble. Mm-hmm. They've had trouble with Pittsburgh with that. They've had trouble with Edmonton with that. And uh, Toronto... I think is a better version of that for the long term. I yep. mean, that team, uh, while they're having their ups and downs, is going to be, in my opinion, the powerhouse of the NHL uh, for the next several years. I think they have a better core than Edmonton does. But uh, the Sharks handled it well and uh, took advantage of some inexperience on that team. And they won. And they beat a Nashville team, which I obviously hold in high regard. I picked them first mm-hmm. uh, in, in the, in the Vegas draft and 
they beat them pretty convincingly. And you know, there's a moment in that game, dude, mm. where it was the most encouraging thing I've seen all year. Wow. And it has to do with one of the low points of the season, which is Mark Edward Vlasic getting his head put into the glass. Yes. By Ryan Johansson. And when this kind of stuff has happened in previous years, and, and the one that is sticks out most recently is when Logan Couture got run by the Edmonton Oilers after he had basically mouth apocalypse. Right. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And yeah. he gets run by... Uh, dental disaster. What's that? Yeah, dental disaster. Nice. Thanks. What's uh, tooth totality? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Facial fatality. Molar malfunction. Okay. All right. Anyways. <laughs> Dude, um... What's the name of the guy on Edmonton that just total low life uh, turd on skates? Uh, was it played for Vancouver? Lucic? He played for Buffalo. No, no, no. The guy, it? he he had like the series of his life against us. I can't remember. Zach Cassian. That's, that's right. who it is, yep. dude. Zach Cassian. Thank you. He ran Logan Couture, and the Sharks didn't do a damn thing. They didn't yep. do anything, and I think that's I had I went nuts after that game. I couldn't believe it. What happens this week? Joe Pavelski, low on your list of people who you think might come out and challenge someone, challenges Ryan Johansson and gets his first fighting major in, I don't know, in years, years right? Years, years. Uh, and that's a response. Mm-hmm. And what happened after that? Well, Brendan Dillon got into a little bit of a, a tussle, and then Joe Thornton got tossed at the end of the game because he was being angry Joe and salty. And, you know, Pav set the tone. He said, if you're going to hit one of our best players, right. you're going to have to answer. And I like that, dude. I liked it a lot. And I hope that the Sharks can continue to be team tough because they don't have Michael Haley to Heinebein anymore. Yep. Uh, and uh, I think you're right. I, I, and it wasn't much of a fight. But, of course, when you have... It doesn't Ryan, matter. When you have Ryan Johansson versus Joe Pavelski, it doesn't particularly matter. It doesn't matter. matter. I mean, and, and I actually, you know, I mean, in that kind of situation... Was it intentional? No. It was unfortunate, right? But it happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I would have felt like it would have been inappropriate for Brandon Bolig to come over the wall and beat Ryan Johansson into, you A know, pole. an orange Julius, right? <laughs> right, yeah, like, sure. Like, that's not like, not necessary. But, you know, Joe Pavelski, Ryan Johansson, that's a fair fight. And that's the kind of thing that you want to see from your captain that we haven't seen since Owen Nolan was captain. Mm-hmm. And I like it. I liked it a lot. I hope the Sharks can continue that sort of trend where they're going to stick up for each other. Team tough, dude. Mm-hmm. It's been lacking. I think you're right, dude. I, and the Sharks have managed, you know, despite that game where the Sharks took quite a few penalties, they've been managed to cut down somewhat on the power plays they've given up. There was a stretch there where they were giving up six power plays a game, it seemed like, or more. And even though they were doing wonderfully on the penalty kill, you thought, okay, this is going to catch up with them. Boston, they only took two penalties. They took five against Buffalo, not not great. Um, four against Nashville, and only one against the Ducks. So the Sharks have cleaned it up. You seem to see a lot of these stick infractions, you know, a lot of these stick infractions are very difficult for me to understand. It right. seems like you get inadvertently nudged on the hand. It's a slashing call or a hooking call. I understand what the refs are trying to do, but it's it's a little tough to see sometimes, especially when there's this huge parade to the penalty box. I hope people get the message soon and the number of penalties kind of goes down because of that. 
because it's just you see some of these. I mean, and as, even ones on the other team that the other team gets, and you're like, God, it's cheesy. I mean, if the Sharks did that, you'd be pretty upset if they went to the box for it. So I'm, I don't know what. What's your reaction to this newfound discipline when it comes to stick infractions? Lame. <laughs> just overall I lame. I mean, I think it's I think it's lame and I understand why they're they're calling it so and, and it's being called across the NHL. It's not just the Sharks games, right? So, uh yeah, I I think it's kind of lame. Um is I don't know that. I don't have the stats. Is scoring up because of it? Maybe. I mean, um but I think it, it disrupts the flow of the game and mm-hmm. I would rather see more uninterrupted play than stoppages for these ticky tack things. I think it's important to note, dude, and you alluded to it that, you know, really after the Sharks just had a, a, a total meltdown on the penalty kill in their first game, they've given up two power play goals since the Philadelphia game. Two. Yeah. You know, and they've been pretty perfect in the last couple of weeks. So, mm-hmm. Kudos to the Sharks for for really taking care of of that side of the ice, you know, and I think a lot of that has to do with I will use the word outstanding play of Martin Jones lately. Martin it's been Jones. Very, very, very good. And I was just looking at his stats. He's up to a nine thirty save percentage, which is very good. Very good. As and you said. One point nine eight goals allowed. Yep. That's really good. Unfortunately, Aaron Dell. About average, maybe tiny below average, but he's that's a that, he's that's got what you want reasonable backup numbers, right? You, I mean, you don't want Auntie Niemi numbers where you put him in and then you have to wave him like the next day, right? Because he's he's horrible. <laughs> I think when they waved him, he was like a seven oh seven save percentage. Yeah, and then Florida picked him up. Right. Why not? Dale Helen's like, ooh, <laughs> thanks for ooh. It's like like an extra special addition to the salad bar. Thank you. <laughs> Let me add this to our pile of mediocrity. Mm, yummy mm. dude uh there's there's some other things to talk about sharks related yep uh the sharks have two new full-time defensemen basically due to dylan DeMello's ineffectiveness and paul martin's injury and the tim heed show is on full display yeah, it is tim heed and yokum ryan have been playing regular minutes uh for the last two weeks and I'm a believer, especially in Tim Heed. I'm a believer like this guy is the second power play threat. Yes. The sharks have been sorely lacking. He's outplaying Brent Burns right now in terms of offensive defense defenseman play. I like Tim Heed. I like Tim Heed a lot. And this goes to uh, lore who is a, Calls himself that guy with the weird name who sent us an email, questions at dudes.hockey.com. He says, if all the Sharks' D-men were healthy and with the great play of Heed and Ryan, who would be the top six? He thinks there's a strong case that Dylan DeMello is number eight and Brendan Dillon is number seven. It's early, but these guys are making a strong case to stay on the team. I don't know if I would put Joachim Ryan ahead of Brendan Dillon at this point. I would definitely put Tim Heed ahead of Brendan Dillon at this point because, as you just mentioned, he is a potent power play weapon, especially with Brent Burns as the foil. So so much of the other team seems to be focused on preventing Brent Burns from getting pucks to the net. And Tim Heed is uh, quite good at pounding the slap shot from the point. Right. And I, I wouldn't put... I think Heed and Dylan are a package deal right now. Like, those guys, they're playing together. Mm-hmm. You know, well, except for now that Vlasic is hurt, Dylan's been promoted to, to playing with Justin Braun. But 
and when when that get, all gets sorted out, which hopefully it will be soon, uh, Dylan and he together have been quite good, at least via the eye test. I don't have the the stats in front of me, but I like what I've seen, and uh, it's a fair question. When Paul Ryan comes back, what's going to happen? Paul Ryan. I'm Paul, sorry, Paul, Paul Ryan. Well, when he suits up, we need to get him out and get him on the ice and get him out of government. <laughs> and then we'll get Paul Martin. When Paul Martin is back, Paul Ryan. Yeah. Been watching too much news, dude. Yeah. It's just got to cut know. down on the Fox news. Yeah. I actually, I saw him on the news this morning. I think that's why he's on my mind. And I can't even remember what he was talking about, but he was wearing so much makeup, it was distracting. <laughs> <laughs> But Paul, like, Paul, you have to put Paul Martin back with Brent Burns because that has been such a good pairing for the Sharks over the past couple of years. Do you? I think you do. It it's a it's a tough one, and I'll say this: that if they do that, I get it. Then Yoakam Ryan needs to go back to the Barracuda and play every single night. I don't want him to just be hanging out. Mm-hmm. He needs to go back. But. If Paul Martin isn't playing well, which I would say he was not playing well to start the season, or maybe that's because he was hurt. Yep. Not playing well, and I think there's no rush to bring him back at this point because you want to make sure when he comes back that he's 100%. Yeah, that's what I would say, is that you, there's no reason to rush him back and say, okay, the first minute that you can maybe play a game, you're in the lineup. No, like make sure he's 100% because the Sharks have it covered right now. Right, and... You know, there's reports last week that were reported around the NHL where the Sharks are shopping three players right now. Paul Martin, Mikel Bodker, and Chris Tierney. Mm-hmm. And those are the guys that they're see, seeing if anybody wants uh, to any takers. I find two of those to be hilarious. Like, at this point, who's going to take Mikel Bodker off your hands? I mean, I, I nobody. Mean, nobody. And really, dude, I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's been that bad. Has no. it been that bad? They, they, I mean, if you if you take away what you know he's making, mm-hmm. where's those stats, dude? Has he been that bad? Uh, let's look. Like where you're, I think he's got six points. He's got six points. He's minus, six points minus three. Okay. Yep. Yeah, um, Brent Burns. Minus Joe Pavelski's eight. a minus two. Yeah. So Mikel Bakker, six points in thirteen games. So let's say that's that's half a point a game. So if he had forty-one points at the end of the year. Would you be like irate about that? He's twenty and twenty. Yeah, I would. No. Yeah. Then you're like, yeah. You know what? That's about right. Mm-hmm. That's about right. So, uh, if you if you lose a skill player like that, like Bodker, and that's really what he brings to the table is skill. Who are you going to replace him with? Mm-hmm. Who's the skill player that you replace him with? Because you're not going to get one back. That's true. If you trade Mikel Bodker, you're you're probably maybe even retaining salary. Yeah. Yep. To get any sort of asset back. Uh, I don't know. I I think you've you've got to let that play out a little bit more. No one's going to take Paul Martin at this point because he's hurt. Yeah. So he's got to come back and demonstrate that he's healthy in order for anybody to bite on Paul Martin, right? He's played mm-hmm. two games this year, he's a minus 2 in those two games. He's what 37. He's got another year on his contract after this. I mean, if he's playing like Paul Martin did the first two years, he's valuable to the Sharks. Mm-hmm. But right. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't think you're going to find a taker now. You might find a taker at the deadline, but not now. Tyranny's clearly, clearly the one with the most value. But why are we giving away a 23, 24-year-old 
player. I don't know. That these are the guys that we should be holding on to, not getting rid of. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. I I I mean, maybe someone's really very hot on Chris Tierney and wants to give up a okay, truckload of assets. Sure. Well, I mean, it, would you trade Chris Tierney for what we got from Mirko Mueller? A second and a third? <sighs> That's tougher. A second and a third? Probably not. No, I wouldn't either. Because how does that... Th- th- that's for that two... Yeah. Mirko Mueller was a zero. Yeah, he was not contributing. Chris Tierney's playing every night. Yep, on the on the kill. Definitely. He's playing every night. So you're going to take a player out of... Unless you're getting a player back that you think is better... Mm-hmm. But you're not... But you're not going to get a young player back. That's the other thing, right? You're not. He's a he's a 23 year old player. You're well, not why gonna... did you just if someone didn't like their 23 year old player, and you're going, okay, well we'll do Chris Tierney for. I guess it's possible. Miss, I mean, not that. Likely. That's got to be a hockey trade. That can't mm-hmm. be a Chris Tierney for some AHL guy and a third. Mm-hmm. Like that's BS. If that's what we're searching for, I don't know. But and it, I know how much some of our listeners love Bruce Garriock, and uh, you know uh, I don't think Matt's even uh, listening anymore now that Dan Boyle's not on the team. But, Probably not. Um, <laughs> he used to hate it, hated it whenever we bring him up. Yeah. So I don't know how much truth there is to this. I know what uh, we were talking about. Tim Heed. We got on a, on a tangent. I mean, Tim Heed has been very good. Yoakam Ryan. I've been impressed with Yoakam Ryan. Me too. And I. I know the situation has meant that they've had to play, but I'm glad the Sharks are. They've passed Dylan DeMello, and and, and Pete DeBoer hasn't just stubbornly stuck with Dylan DeMello because he's got more NHL games. These guys are they're better right now. Mm-hmm. So good. There's no question about that, dude. Lore's other question is: What do we think about Timo Meyer? Lore thinks he's looking out of place. He's not doing much to staying off the fourth line, and that's not where you want him to be. So what do you do, Doug? He asked you specifically. Doug, well. Doug, what do you do, dude? Well, let's transition this into a slightly different topic that relates. Yeah. Because we just found out that Kevin LeBanc got sent down. Yeah. Barkley Goudreau comes into the lineup, who I think we both agree that we think Barkley Goudreau is probably an NHL player, right? I like him. Right? Me too. He had a really good game on Saturday against the Ducks. Joel Ward and Barkley Goudreau had some sort of bromance. They scored a goal, Mm -hmm. right? It was was a nice nice exchange at the end of the game. Put the Sharks into overtime. Good. Yes. And then the next night, Kevin LeBanc, who was the only Shark who could score for the first five games, has been banished to the (laughs) AHL, right? Yeah. So (laughs) LeBanc, for sure, should not be playing bottom six forward minutes, for sure. That's not his deal, right? He's a skill player. He's a skill player. Mm -hmm. So... If there's no room for him on the top line or on the second line, yeah, you know what? He should be in the AHL. I don't like that it's sort of been a, you know, we're looking at the scoring. Like He's the Sharks' fifth leading scorer, Yeah, Kevin LeBanc. Yeah. He's not on the team anymore. Like I (laughs) know, I know. I find that to be a little short-sighted and a little silly, you know? Mm -hmm. But... I'm not the GM and I'm not the coach. And, you know, I tried to justify it to myself that they're trying to figure out, they've got some some questions to answer with some of these guys who they cannot send down. Goudreau, they can't send down. They cannot send down Ryan Carpenter without putting him through waivers. So maybe they're at the point where they go, you know what? Well, LeBanc's not playing well enough to play in the top six. We're going to play these other guys and see what, what we're going to do. 
Are we keeping Joel Ward? Are we keeping Carpenter? Are we keeping Goudreau? Are we keeping those guys? Or what? But, dude, you're leaning in. I'm, I've seen nothing from Ryan Carpenter so far. Nothing. Well, neither has the score sheet. Yeah, he's got no Zero. Po- He's got no points. He's played 10 games. So do you send him down and just dare somebody to yeah. take the contract? What, sure. what are they going to do? There, yeah, there's yeah. people chomping at the bit for I don't Ryan know. Carpenter. We protected him in the expansion draft. We protected him. Well, let's not throw good money after bad and pretend he's yeah. some asset fair. that everybody wants. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> that's we didn't understand it then. I don't understand it now. And let's not pretend that makes that made sense because it didn't. All right. So the Timo Meyer question. Um, Timo Meyer playing 12 minutes a night is. Not a fourth-line player. That's not what we want from him. Can he play that way? Yeah, he's a physical guy. He could play the. He could be the third-line grinder sure, guy. He can. Um, would I rather see him play eighteen minutes a night on the top line for the Barracuda? Probably. 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 Um, but it kind of goes back to my bigger picture conversation here about the Sharks, in that. I am happy with how the Sharks are playing right now. I do not think that it is reality. I think it is a product of the division as a whole not playing well. Mm-hmm. Anaheim is really banged up. When they get healthy, Getzloff, Kessler, uh, Fowler are all back. That's going to be a different team, you know? Without a doubt. Uh, Edmonton, are they going to be this crappy? The whole year? They're bad right now. Are they going to be that bad? I mean, unlikely, right? Probably, unlikely. Yeah. Calgary had a horrible start to their season at home. They're starting to put it together a little bit. They've won three in a row. Mm-hmm. Vancouver, are they really going to be this good? No. Vegas, no. LA, I don't know. Not really buying it. So are, are the Sharks going to jettison their young forwards to play veterans in order to stay competitive this year. Looks like that's what they're doing. That's yeah. So um I guess the answer to the question is if Meyer's gonna play ten minutes a night on the fourth line, I'd rather see him play eighteen minutes for the Barracuda. And let someone else let Yannick Hansen play those ten minutes. If yeah. that's the plan. Mm-hmm. It, there it's just I can I can sort of see the the problem though, because there's this sort of Mesa guys, Melker Carls, there's all these guys in like the 13 to 14 minute range. You know, even Bodker is only playing 14 minutes a night. Jonas Donskoy is the third leading scorer on the team. His average time on ice is 12 minutes. I think maybe that might be offset by one or two games where he didn't play that much at all. But, you know, it's like Joel Ward not playing a lot. Uh, Melker Carlson not playing a lot. Chris Tierney only playing a little bit more. You know, Hurdle obviously playing considerably more, but there's this sort of mess of guys in this 12, 13 to 14 minute range who haven't been able to give themselves decent third line time where they're constantly in the rotation. They all like these third and fourth liners are getting shuffled down to the fourth line, which doesn't play one, two, three, four. It plays one, two, three, one, two, three, four. So they play every seventh shift instead of every fourth shift or whatever. Right. And, and it's just, there seems to be eight guys in that position right now. It's just, it's frustrating. Well, dude, we got a lot of hockey to come this week and some big games, we right? Do. So um, we'll see how the roster shapes up. We got a big challenge against Tampa Bay. We got a big challenge going to LA. 
And I think we got a big challenge on Saturday night where the Sharks need to focus and not look ahead to Sunday and take Vancouver seriously. Mm-hmm. I think that's a trap game. If you're looking at and games that's trap games, that is a trap game. You have a team that is boring, <laughs> uh, on paper, very boring, that's been playing over expectations. And uh, I hope DeBoer has the Sharks as a team focused on Vancouver so that they don't go into L.A., with a loss to Vancouver the night before. Mm-hmm. That would be disappointing way to end the road trip in the homestand. But uh, it wouldn't be surprising at all, actually, because, uh, you know, the Sharks will probably have their eyes locked on the LA Kings the next day. But first, they got to play the best team in the NHL. They do. And I'm sure they're going to be up for that. And I think that that's going to be a good game. You know, the Sharks are playing well. The Lightning, you know, are having to travel to the West Coast. And play outside of, they've had a, a nice homestand here where they've been playing teams in Tampa. So how will they do in their first test as they kind of do their West Coast swing? It's going to be a good one yep. on national TV on Wednesday night, dude. We got some good games coming up here. Don't miss it, dude. All right, dude. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.